Our sponsor for this episode is exceptionalgarden.co.uk. Now, Caroline, you know I love my garden. <laughs> I know. And to be fair, you've totally transformed our garden over the last few years. It was just a weedy lawn and some overgrown conifers when we moved in. Oh, and now it's just our very own haven when we need a break from the stress and strain of dealing with our very needy guests. And I've got another big project planned for the garden this year. Say goodbye to the old potting shed and hello to two new patio seating areas. I know you love a seating area. Oh, I absolutely love a good seating area, but I don't know when you're going to find the time to do all of this. Oh, I'll make time. And when I do, I'm definitely going to be stocking it from exceptionalgarden.co.uk. The problem is that most garden centres have the same old stuff that costs a fortune. Exceptionalgarden.co.uk has a huge range of amazing furniture and garden accessories from fire pits and barbecues to log stores and pizza ovens. Pizza oven, now that's an idea. Oh God, I love the sound of that. And the best part is that they offer free postage on their entire range. So guys, if you're dreaming of summer like we are and your garden space needs an upgrade, please do support our sponsors and head on over to exceptionalgarden.co.uk. Now let's get started with the podcast. Can't wait. We're back. Oh, God, I've so missed this. <laughs> We're back, baby. Oh, dear. Brand new studio, <laughs> brand new setup. Yeah, absolutely. Which sounds fancy. Basically, we just moved downstairs from, <laughs> from the office. We're now in... We're now in my office and um, we've got some flashy new equipment. Do you want me to explain to you how all this works? No, I'm busy watching all the dials move up and I'm assuming I'm on channel three, you're on channel one and left and right, uh, presumably working very well, but I do like all the multicolored buttons. Yeah, we've got pink buttons, we've got green, blue, orange. As you can tell, I'm a technical expert on all this <laughs> stuff. No idea what any of that means. Anyway, hope we're sounding good and we are really glad to be back. Oh we? yeah, I've, I've really missed doing this every week. It's ring is tapping on your yeah sorry about that sorry you forget all these things when you when you've had a break all the things about not putting your cup down too loudly but we've missed it haven't we oh yeah i really have and it's it was always a way for us to sort of almost draw a line under the week and then start afresh whereas it's felt a little bit like it's non-stop if that makes any sort of sense is it the, the days merge into one well we did joke about it uh, in the last season a few times and i think we've actually had it confirmed through having not done the podcast for a few weeks now that it, it really it gives us a light at the end of the tunnel if we if yeah. we've had a, a rubbish week if we've been dealing with issues or crappy guests or whatever it might be there was always that that thing well at least there's some great content for the podcast yeah, this week and to talk through it and and uh, and just sort of gain some learnings from it because sometimes you can go through all these things and then without actually chatting about them and pulling out those sort of learning points, then, you know, it's almost lost, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a therapy couch for us. So, you know, when we hear that people are enjoying the podcast and they're getting some value from it, it's like a bonus, isn't it? Because yeah, it really we is. just quite enjoy putting our heads together <laughs> at the end of the week and, uh, and having a chat about everything that's happened. I'll tell you what, though, um, we can't afford to go away very often, can we? I mean, 
how much has happened in the last eight weeks. It's oh, just crazy. Absolutely phenomenal what's happened. It's just, I can't believe that we're only in just the beginning of February for all that's happened really, isn't it? What was the end of, beginning of December we did the last one. I was looking it? back at episode 29 and looking what we'd covered. And I think, oh my God, so much water has gone under the bridge since then. So uh, please don't mention water. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a huge amount to catch you up on. Um, it might take a couple of episodes to do so, I think. Um, but if we ever worried that we wouldn't have enough content, I mean, yeah, eight weeks away. Was it eight weeks, six weeks, something like that? that More than like enough. That, wasn't it? it always feels longer when you've got Christmas in the middle, I feel. So thanks for joining us again. Um, we're really looking forward to season two and uh, what might unfold over the next few uh, weeks and months. I need to tell you a story, though, quickly. because Can I just interrupt? Okay. I just want to give a big shout out to Darren, who... Um, is my lovely, lovely, lovely hairdresser. And he did my hair yesterday for me. And that is almost as good a therapy as doing the podcast. So a big shout out to Darren, who I know is a big, big, big fan. And uh, will be listening to this as soon as we release it. So thank you, Darren, for my lovely hair. I love it. Does that mean you're going to consider some uh, video to go with the audio? Does that mean you're going to consider oh, YouTube yeah. at some um, point in season I, two? I think I'm feeling a lot braver in season two. To work on our backdrop, first. yeah. I'm not yeah. happy with the studio. But hey, at but... least uh, I can, you know, get my hair done for it. But I need to tell you a story because this uh, gives you an illustration of what um, what what I'm dealing with some of the time with with Caroline. So, um, okay. I. Um, for those of you that don't know, most of you won't know, I guess, um, given the fact we're not, we have no visuals yet with the podcast. Um, I have a couple of tattoos, nothing special, but I have just a couple of small tattoos, um, one of which I've got quite recently. And um, I was uh, I was chatting to Caroline, I had this coming up and I was thinking, how do I break it to Caroline that I'm getting another tattoo? I'm going to really get it in the neck here. She's not going to like it. Anyway, she, we were doing some sort of calendar check and she was saying, what, what are you up to on this date? And I was like, oh, that's the, that's my, uh, my tattoo date. So I thought, well, this is a, a good way to sort of just break it in gently. So I said, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting my new ink. And she was like, oh, right. Okay. And it, I thought, well, that was a, a bit of a muted reaction. I was expecting more than that. And um, I didn't think anything of it, to be honest. And then the, the date got closer and closer. And I think we were then the day before and she was like, oh, I'm really excited because Oh, I, I getting remember. your teeth done or something, <laughs> you, I think. Yeah. You know, getting kind of teeth. I said, well, I'm really excited because I'm getting my new ink tomorrow. Again, no reaction. And she was like, right, fine. And then I suddenly thought, and she was like, what, what, what do you mean by new ink? And this whole time, Caroline had thought when I said I'm getting my new ink, that I was getting new printer ink. I, I, I was genuinely, I felt a bit sorry for him really, because I thought if that is the peak of your excitement, getting some <laughs> new printer ink, I thought, well, perhaps he's got a banner or something he wants to print. And um, yeah, sometimes I can be a little bit literal. <laughs> genuinely thought I was that excited about getting new <laughs> ink for the printer. That was the highlight of my week. This is what I'm dealing with, guys. Oh, dear. Anyway, so what have we got in store for you in this episode? So much to catch up on. We have a story to tell you about the pretty much £30,000 worth of roof repairs we got slapped with just before Christmas. Oh, how we laughed. Absolutely. And then our friends, our good friends at Booking.com decided to stick their grubby mitts in our bank account without asking. Uh, So we'll tell you about that too. Uh, We talk about our amazing new team. It's all change, all change. And we have a planning update uh, on Eaton House. But 
Before we get started on the episode for real, I just wanted to share with you a review of the podcast that came in during the break, because I don't think you've seen this one, Caroline. Okay. Um, it's from Jodie, I think, and she says, Mark and Caroline have done such a great job with the podcast. It's fun, but also very factual. So for anyone new to the game, they'll really learn something every week. The Injection of Humour makes it one of my favourite podcasts and you can hear how much they oh. enjoy making it. Here's to future episodes. Oh, that's so lovely. It's oh, lovely and so it nice. does, it, I thought that just summed it up beautifully because we really do, do enjoy making we do. it. We've been dying to get started with season two. So, well, on that note, season two, here we go. Should we get started? Well, let's do it. Hello everyone, my name is Mark Winship. And my name is Caroline Winship, and together we run hotels and vacation rentals across the UK. With our team. Well, of course with our team, we couldn't do it without them. And one thing's for sure, though, there is never a dull moment. Oh, you can say that again. Welcome to the Secret Serviced Podcast. Are we going with the Secret Service Podcast or Secret Service Podcast? So I, I hate to start season two on a bit of a downer, uh, but we had a bit of a Christmas, didn't we? Safe to say. Oh Lord, the yes. The lead up to Christmas was pretty horrendous. We ended up with about thirty grand's worth of roof repairs. And the thing with serviced accommodation and holiday lets, you know, it's not that we can then um, spend some time running it through the insurance company, oh. wait for all the paperwork to go through, see if they'll drop them. I mean, get four quotes. We, we, we had to get this. We had what three days. In fact, yeah. they worked it round a stay, didn't they? So anyway, let, rewind. Let, what happened? So first of all, little haze. So our big luxury holiday let beautiful period property in Lindhurst in the heart of the new forest. Um, essentially, we'd had a, a problem with a historic leak that we thought we'd sorted. Yeah. Uh, leak into one of the bedrooms, and there's a section of flat roof that um, uh, our, our sort of builders had a look at. The flashing looked a bit shot, so that was replaced or repaired, um, and we thought that was the yeah. end of it. Anyway, this leak came back with a vengeance, and um, we got a professional roofing company up there this time. And um, as is often the case, as they started to strip away, they found various holes um that would have uh, accounted for the leak but as they started to strip away the tiles the entire section of that you can almost hear them going and we're going oh no it's totally rotten totally uh yeah totally shot basically and i mean we could have repaired the route that the leak uh for a lot less money but you know, once you've got whatever they had, 10 roofers up there and they've got the materials on site and they've got everything stripped back, it just made sense to go yeah. ahead and future-proof it. Well, absolutely. It? And, you know, with Little Haze, we couldn't afford to sort of block the calendar out in advance because these bookings that come in for Little Haze, they are, they're good chunky bookings, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, the, the roofers did say, well, well, can't we just stay at the weekend and fix it over the weekend? We said, no, we've got people here that have paid thousands to stay in this property. For we Christmas have, as well. This, yeah, this is we Christmas have, Christmas period. Yeah, we've got to have 10 roofers climbing all over the roof. Right. So, yeah. That's not the luxury experience we're looking for. So, you know, they were pretty flexible, to be fair. They worked around it and they did they did get it nailed in about three days, I think. It yeah, was, did a good job. even less. They did a really good job. But at the end of the day, it's still... 
you know, cash that we have to fork out up front to get that sorted. And it's, uh, it's a kick in the nuts, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think, but it does show with serviced accommodation, you have to be so agile, really, and react to things. And I think the key for us is certainly going, you know, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but is to be much more proactive than mm. reactive. But sometimes you just can't, can you? Yeah, I mean, there was no way of knowing. It's just one of those things. It's property at the end of the day. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's a kick in the nuts because profit that you think you've made suddenly just uh, just goes out in the other direction. And I guess we've invested in the future proofing of the property, Definitely. but it but it doesn't feel like that. It's not like when you're <laughs> you're renovating a property, ready to refinance yeah. it, and and you're you're increasing the capital value. Um, we've certainly not done that. So. Yeah, uh, a bit frustrating, but it all came at once because that was one thing. And then we had a leak in the ceiling of the lobby at Eaton House. Oh, God, I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah, so that came through from a shower that was leaking. Again, uh, a long historical leak that we would have had no way of knowing was actually happening. Because obviously with Eaton House, we picked it up all, all... all done uh, and so things were going on behind the walls that we weren't aware of including this leak essentially this was actually bizarrely i didn't even realize this was a thing it was where the grout on the shower had actually sort of deteriorated it expired hadn't it yeah and you wouldn't think that the level of leak we had was caused by grout so top tip check your showers and check the grouting yeah it's just a nightmare though isn't it and i think uh, then that exposed further issues didn't it because um ian and the guys they took the section of the ceiling down in the lobby so that they could investigate the issue from underneath um and install a hatch so that if we ever need to get access in the future we can do that uh and it, it exposed some concerns around a beam that appeared to be floating we've since i think had that verified that that's actually okay but um, yeah, that I'd like we had... to point out not totally floating. It was attached to points. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, so we had that to deal with. Um, this is all in the week before Christmas. Um, we also had a leak from underneath the floor in the lobby. So we had oh, a water pipe through the floor. that yeah. had sprung a leak. Um, and it's uh, sods law was underneath a, co- a layer of concrete. Yeah. So the concrete had to get drilled out. Um, and then the, the the pipe repaired and that's all set and they've done an amazing job. Oh, You'd God. never know. Ian has just done the best job ever. You you could not even tell anything had happened at all. Brilliant job. That's and then on top of that, we had a leak in our own roof in our own house. Um, so December was the month of leaks, Oh, and don't forget it? we had the boiler issue at one of our managed properties. We did. Oh. Well, we had, we had a, a boiler go bang, uh, permanently bang, um, in one of our rental properties. Uh, sorry, one of our managed properties that we look after on behalf of a landlord. And what's the lesson there? I guess the lesson is, um, if you're a landlord, get this stuff done in the quiet period because, um, you know, it, it, sticking blasters had been applied to that boiler for quite some time now. Recommendations to say the least. had been made to change the boiler. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's always, it's going to, if it's going to go, it's going to go at the worst possible time. You just know it is. And unfortunately there was no alternative and they had their Christmas and new year calendar almost completely wiped out. Um, and there were some disappointed guests, which uh, we never want to do. So get this stuff done in the quiet periods. There was an opportunity in November to do that. January is another good time. We're trying to get some stuff done during January, aren't we? To get some, we're having the, the the painting, all the lobbies sort of repainted and touched up at the Madison, yep, yep. bits and pieces like that that are otherwise quite difficult to schedule in. So get that done, I think. Yeah. Um, Christmas was quiet though, isn't it? 
for the for the work working stage. Oh yeah, working stage was quite leisure stage. We we had a few bookings. I mean, you're always going to have so, yeah, little haze and 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 those sort of leisure properties. They're always going to be popular during the Christmas period. But I think that um, yeah, the, the the two hotels and uh, the apartments we've got that are geared more towards working stage. Very quiet, very very quiet. Quietest December we've had. It's uh, it's changed a lot the industry even in the, sh- the relatively short space of time that we've been doing it and um, I don't know the conclusion for me from this year is that I don't think we can count Christmas as a peak period anymore. Oh, definitely not. We we used to sort of think you know the winter's quiet but then you get a, a little flurry you get a burst of of activity over Christmas it was so quiet whether that's the uh, cost of living crisis, people just not um, paying to stay away. Yeah, I think it's partly that. I think also the weather was a contributing factor because we had storm after storm after storm after rain and weather and wind, didn't we? So, and I think people just hunkered down. You know, mm. they, you know, it is the cost of living crisis. You've only got a certain amount of money to spend. Obviously, Christmas, Christmas presents. So, you know, I, I think for us, it's certainly to put our, our, our thinking caps on as we sort of head into the summer in anticipation of that and sort of plan our sales and marketing strategy nice and early, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all just, um, you try and draw conclusions from the market and the patterns and the trends, don't you? And, Mm. um, I think time in the market, time in the industry gives you a bit of perspective, but equally, I think anyone who thinks they've got this industry sussed, uh, you know, is, uh, is about to get bit in the backside. Basically, it's uh, it's constantly changing, oh, yeah. and, and there is no, no real way exactly. of predicting it. No one's got it sus. No one knows exactly what's happening. So, um, yeah, all we can do is sort of uh, be ready to adapt and, and look for opportunities where that where they arise. But yeah, Christmas was definitely quiet this year. So I guess we should probably talk about our goals for 2024. I mean, it's actually February now. It feels a little bit late to start talking about New Year's resolutions, but we've got some some pretty clear goals, haven't we, for our business? Yeah, we, we have. Um, definitely. Obviously, this is my first full, I was going to say academic year, but I'm no longer in that that's process. My first full calendar year within the business, isn't it? And, you know, finding my place within the business is, I think we've we've got that sus now, haven't we? Have we? Yeah, I'm going to become a queen. Oh, that okay. Yeah. I thought you. Meant, I thought we were going down the working together route again, which uh, we should probably talk about in the podcast because we, yeah. we've learned a lot, haven't we? we I have think, I think we're lot. getting better and better with every sort of iteration. And you've got your own office space now. We've decided He's that actually <laughs> physically working together in the same room just wasn't really working for for either of us. Um, certainly not for you. So. We've had a revamp of our physical space, which uh, is important, actually. Oh, it is. It is. And um, I'd just like to point out, I am in the attic. You say that and it makes me sound like I've just banished you to some up there. lofty <laughs> roof space somewhere. You've next, got, next to the you've got a lovely lanes. space up on the top floor. It is nice, actually. Yeah, with lots of lots of light and, and your own space. And, yeah, I think the physical environment makes makes a difference. And you and I will, have realised that we work quite differently to each other. And, yeah. Um, I think the physical space is important. And I, I'm always a big believer that when we have our weekly meetings and we've made sure that we schedule weekly meetings, because, guys, if you are working together as a couple or as a, as a, a family unit, if you like, don't assume that things are going to get covered just because you're – spending a lot of time together and you're passing each other all the time. You need to make 
time to have professional meetings with each other on on your business in the same way that you would do if you were in the workplace. Mm. And I'm a big believer of taking it out of the house and making sure that we meet in a local cafe or uh, we have lunch somewhere. It's always nice. Nice. That's part of why we wanted to work together. It's a good way also to um, discover your area especially if you you're actually operating in the area that you live because you can kill two birds with one stone because you can go out to local cafes you can have a chat with you know the the cafe operators and just explain what you're doing and do a bit of networking and you know that it's sort of like i say it just really is it's good to do that yeah and and for me it just it just delineates that that sort of working environment from then being at home and equally we've been trying to stick to a date night haven't we our yeah, thursday we night date night to make sure that we carve out some time where we don't talk about work between you and me i'm much 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 worse at organizing these than mark is mark, well, we, we very creative we alternate don't we so we're supposed to have um speaking of which you missed your date night no last, no last no week. no that that's not my fault we we're in the car traveling back <laughs> So we alternate who's organising date night. But yeah, it's all about um, compartmentalising your time, I think. Anyway, um, I took that in a different direction because you were going to talk about your goal uh, for the business this year and, and the particular focus for you this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've spoken about Booking.com a lot recently. We're probably going to chat about it again in a minute. But it, it's not just Booking.com. We want to try and move away from our reliance on the uh, OTAs, the online travel agencies, so that we can actually be much more in control of our own guests, of our own booking systems, of our own revenue, really. And by moving to direct, we actually increase our our profit, don't we? Because we're not paying that commission. So my mission is very much to take control of that, understand how we get direct bookings, understand the guest avatars for all our different properties, and really sort of hone in on that and, and work with the girls and you know develop a really sort of really good sales and marketing strategy so that we can target those direct bookings. I mean, we have two websites, uh, staygateway.com and staynewforest.info. And both of those we host with Boostly. And I've just joined the Boostly community. And there's a, a wealth of resources up, you know, there to to help you understand the direct bookings strategy. So um, I'm hoping to become queen of direct bookings by the end of the year. Yeah, and this is not a new thing for us. Our direct booking game has been a priority. It was a priority last year with our team and they've done a really good job and direct bookings have been edging up and up and up and we're definitely a much higher percentage now than than we've ever been. But um, for me, it it is very much around booking.com, I have to say. We've got it written on the board behind our heads here that you know we've got a headline goal um, by the end of 2024 to um, switch off booking.com. That that ultimately... Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're such an awful uh, organization to deal with um, and, and we don't want to be beholden to them for bookings in, in any way, shape or form. But equally, with our business heads on, we can't bite the hand that feeds us. And it's not as simple as um, it's as, as it might seem for, <clears throat> excuse me, for like holiday let properties, vacation rentals, that sort of thing. If you're operating in the hotel space like we are, as well as with vacation rentals, um, h- hotels are still very dominated by oh, yeah. Booking.com and, and it's uh, it's a much bigger ask and a bigger process for us to put a strategy in place to take direct bookings away from the traffic we get from Booking.com. But I'm really confident we can achieve it. I think it's great that you're taking ownership of that side of things and really 
going down that direct booking rabbit hole, working out, you know, what is realistic for us to implement and, yeah. and what isn't, um, because we're operating a lot of units and some of the stuff is quite hands on. And, you know, you've got to you've got to be thinking about how we can do this at scale. Yep, absolutely. So that's that's really exciting. And um, we've got a goal to hit 70 percent direct bookings by the end of the year. Yep. And I think if we can achieve that, then we'll be in a position to turn the taps off from booking.com and ultimately it's about having a business that uh stands alone and, and and has worth and value and if you're reliant on lots of other third party shop windows if yeah. you like then do you really have a business yeah. at the end of the day um so in a way it feels like we're moving into phase two of our business doesn't it it feels oh, like yes. you know we've leveraged the the otas to to an extent and we've leveraged the, the marketing reach of these companies and now it's about um really like in, in integrating our company you know our company into that landscape if you like and taking it to the next level and giving it a life of its own that if if, if for whatever reason god forbid we had another covid or something like that and the otas decided to shut the calendars again it wouldn't impact us because we have control over our database and data is a big thing, right? Oh, I love data. I'm at, a bit of a data geek. <laughs> at the moment, but at the moment it is all about getting our data together yeah. in the right order, in the right format. So we can then build a strategy around WhatsApp marketing, email marketing. Mm -hmm. The rules for email marketing have changed yeah. uh, as of where are we about four days ago. Um, so there are new considerations there. So at the moment for us, it's about like consolidate our data, use our systems, pull that together, and then build a strategy around how we're going to direct market to clients, isn't it? Yeah. So that's your goal for 2024. What's your goal? What's my goal for 2024? Um, for me, we've talked about this at, at length. Um, this year is all about optimizing for profit. It's not the sexiest goal in the world. Um, we haven't got immediate plans to go and uh, – Get another hotel we're still working on eating house we'll come on to that and that's a big priority for us to get that across the line in uh well by the end of q2 i would guess this year yeah. so that's a big focus so we're not actively looking for a new project we're definitely growing the management side yes so we're, we're pushing i had an inquiry this morning actually i haven't told oh, you about we've had an inquiry exciting. about a managing a, a, a property in the new forest so we're definitely pushing that side but in terms of our own um projects we're not I'm not saying <clears throat> I'm not saying that we uh, we would turn it down if something sort of fell into our laps, but we're not Do you actively mean looking. Fall into your laps by accidentally going on Right Move Italy and accidentally coming across well, a property you might like. <laughs> a fixer upper in Tuscany is a completely different conversation. Oh, okay. We'll, all right, we'll come on to that. <laughs> so yeah, this year is all about optimizing for profit, and um, as I said, it's not very sexy. It basically involves making a big long list of everything. Oh everything we spend money on um because you can tackle profit in two ways right so you're looking at the direct booking angle which is going to increase our stake of our revenue if you like because we're not paying out on the, on the commissions on the flip side of that i'm looking at everything that we spend money on and thinking is there a way that we can just be 10 percent more efficient 20 percent saving here whatever it might be because all those little things add up yeah and if we tackle it from both ends then our profitability by the end of the um, should be a lot higher. So that's the main focus for me. But equally, I'd love a, a, a fixer-upper in Tuscany and we, 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 we were nosing around something, weren't we? Um, I don't know. Is that on the, is that <clears throat> working its way into the, the vision board, into the goal sheet? Maybe. 
sneaking in, I think, sneaking Maybe. a little postscript at the bottom. You've been catching up on uh, Alan Carr and uh, oh, just Amanda it. Holden's, um, what is yeah. it called? Oh, Alan. Alan, Alan and Amanda in Italy yeah. or something. I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I Sometimes it's a bit like a busman's holiday. Sometimes you, you think, oh, God, I don't think I can really watch this programme. Mm. But actually, the, the chemistry between the two of them, and it's fun, and it's lighthearted, and you get to see a little bit of Italy, and I think Amanda Holden has got the best laugh ever. <laughs> cackle. Oh, that's not cackle. I think she's got the best laugh. And I, I just, I, it's it's like relief, isn't it? It's a bit like watching a holiday programme. Yeah, but chances are, the reality is they probably lay a couple of tiles on the camera and then they go off and have a oh, coffee no, somewhere I, I while the rest she, of the team I think do. she, you know... She, she did a few things, you know. She seemed to get you know, to grips with one of those, you know, massive hammer things. Anyway. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we, we do have a, a slight um, history for being impulsive, so who knows what <laughs> might come of that one. But, um, no, goals for 2024, more direct bookings, um, cut down on costs, oh. um, and, and really just um, build out an independent business. Speaking of Booking.com, didn't you mention something in the introduction about sticky fingers in our bank account? Grubby fingers, yeah. Oh, so, so frustrating. Um, and it cut my gym session sort. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all kicked um, off on first thing in the morning, didn't it? On a mon- Monday morning, I think. Friday morning. Um, yeah, so basically uh, what happened, uh, best way to describe it. So as you all know, if you've been listening regularly, um, we came away from Booking.com's handling our payments last year because of the whole payment scandal that we got caught up in. So we now handle the payments, which they don't make easy at all. Um, and they're, they're constantly, you know, blocking the links that we send to guests for payments and all this sort of thing. So, you know, they really do make it hard work, but we're sticking with it. And um, essentially, that means that the commission that we owe to Booking.com for the bookings, I now pay manually. So at the end of the month, I will log into the uh, to the portal, to the extranet, and I will look at the invoices and I will get those paid at the end of the month and we're all good. However, um, one random Friday morning, a couple of weeks ago now, I think, um, I got a notification that basically our bank account had been emptied, pretty much. I mean, um, £23,000 had been uh, taken from our a bank account without authorization. So basically what had happened is they'd switched us to direct debit without any, um, any authority. We, we definitely never agreed or signed to switch yeah. to direct debit. I'd been paying them for some months now, probably since August last year manually. And there was a, a track record of that. They could see that that had happened. And, uh, I'm guessing they'll blame it on yet another glitch in the system. We were switched to direct debit, um, which is highly illegal. Um, and anyway, they they basically um, robbed £23,000 from, from our bank account, which fell at a time when we were um, uh, in, in flux and, and, and um, uh, moving things around. And so it actually emptied the, ca- the account temporarily. So yeah. um, a, a slightly scary moment. Uh, but not only that, um, upon further investigation, it turns out that the vast majority, I would say, well, we're still trying to unpick it, aren't we? But I would say 90% of that um, was for nothing. Yeah. It didn't correlate with any invoice. Uh, I went in, obviously, and checked, and our invoices were all paid up to date. We had no overdue invoices other than stuff that was sitting with them. Um, so th- th- this didn't correlate with anything. And as always with Booking.com, 
no urgency to get anything sorted. I was just about to say, did you want to explain how sympathetic they were? What wonderful email correspondence Cer- we have? Certainly no apology. No. Um, certainly no apology um, and um, no urgency. And as as of today, uh, this is a couple of weeks ago now, we have still not heard back from credit control with a breakdown. All we asked for was a breakdown of what those yeah. um, payments related to because we've also, you know, I thought I was going crazy. So we got Stephanie, our bookkeeper, on the case and she agrees that they don't, correlate with any uh, commission invoices at all so no one can account for what they were trying to charge us for thankfully i caught it quickly enough and got onto the bank and managed to convince the bank to reverse the payments because the way that booking.com operate the way they operated for the vast majority of last year when they withheld tens of thousands of pounds from hosts all over the country is they uh, hold your money to ransom um there's no other way of describing it they hold your money to ransom and then um, as and when it suits them, they, they, you know, they, they work their way through it with no remorse or no apology. And, and also the thing that make, makes me cross is if they think that you are late with a payment, which we've never been, but because their system is so catastrophically bad, if they think you're at all late with a payment, they block us. They take them off. We take them off, don't they? Yeah, so they can be months behind in terms of paying us out money that's owed to us and we have no recourse at all um and yet if we are um yeah if we're late by probably a couple of weeks they they shut the listing down um which again is just all the more fuel in the fire to say we cannot be dependent on these people that they could just turn the listing off at a moment's notice and suddenly we're we're down 30 percent on our bookings or whatever it might be so um yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was very frustrating. So anyway, we had the, the payments reversed. They're all back in our bank account now because if we hadn't have done that, we would still be sat here now with all that money sat with them. They just hold it, yeah. presumably investing it somewhere, um, and they will take their, their, their good, sweet time to, to figure this out. At least now it's back in on our terms again. Yeah. And um, if we we if if anything within that is is justified and we owe them anything, absolutely we will transfer that across. Of course, as soon as it's um as soon as it's broken down for us, but um at least we have our money and we'll hold on to it until until we're ready. Yeah. I still wouldn't put it past them though, for this to have flagged something on the system that says we are overdue and then flipping all the listings get switched off. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but anyway, yeah, joys of booking.com, but that you can see why now we're talking about wanting to, to, leave, uh, yeah. to, to switch them off by, by the end of the year. If we can do it sooner, I'm tempted to do an experiment with at least one of the properties sooner than that, because I think, although it sounds scary, they're, they're typically about 30% of our bookings, Madison 30, 35%. Well, the hotels are slightly more dependent on booking.com. Some of them. Um, I, I would need to go through property by property. I couldn't tell you, but I know on average it's about 30 to 35%. Yeah. Now, if we turn the taps off today, it wouldn't immediately be the case that we're 30% down. because no, that, wouldn't it mean that the calendar was more open yeah, for other channels? Exactly. Yeah. The calendar's more available. So we might pick up some extra Airbnb bookings or some, some direct bookings because suddenly the calendar is more available. Mm-hmm. So we might be 20% down, something like that. And then with your wonderful... <laughs> uh, direct booking strategy kicking in then i'm pretty confident we'll be able to make that up and that'll be a nice moment when we switch that on. 
So our team, since we last spoke to you on the podcast, our team has quite literally doubled. It has. How um, exciting is that? So we have two new wonderful virtual assistants based in the Philippines. Who, I'd like to point out they're real, they're not AI. <laughs> yeah, real people, lovely people. Um, they've, they've fitted in uh, perfectly with, with, the, with the team. So we've got Mariana and we've got Cinderella. Amazing name, Cinderella. Isn't that just lovely? Um, who have joined the team and they have been onboarding with us since uh, just after Christmas. Yep. Uh, no, beginning of January, beginning of January. Oh, of course it was, yeah. Um, they've been going through uh, all of our learning material, our operations manual. They've then been shadowing our uh, existing managers, Danielle and Jenna. And uh, then they've been shadowed themselves. So we have a, we have a, a full onboarding process, and I think they've fully taken the reins now, haven't they? We're, we're, we're phasing yeah. stuff in. So I was going to ask you, Caroline, how have you found the process? Because um, although technically, I guess Jenna and Danielle are UK-based VAs, in essence, uh, I, I would say we, we, we have a, a, a slightly different working arrangement with them they feel like more like part-time staff in, in, in the business but how have you found uh, the whole process of hiring uh, uh, VAs in the Philippines? Yeah well Mark will tell you I'm very hesitant to hire anybody so to actually get me to agree to even contemplate taking on VAs was a big challenge for you wasn't it? I have to say it Freedom Geek made the process very very easy and with confidence as well because you know there's always that concern you're hiring from another country there's all the due diligence with hiring people you know the checking of their credentials their identity and everything like that so freedom geek did all that so so freedom geek is a recruitment yeah, agency yeah. for, for for vas in in the philippines just in case anyone's not heard of them and they facilitate the whole process yeah. of recruitment don't yeah. they? so that so obviously we had a meeting with them first we outlined our uh, essentially what we wanted from our VA. So they took that job spec, if you like, and then matched us up with um, six, didn't they? So three for each position. We then had two very long days of interviewing um, and it was over Zoom. So we actually got to see the VAs and they did a really good job of marrying up um, the VAs with our job spec. And, you know, that that whole process was really good because also we were able to fine tune it a bit, wasn't it? Because Freedom Geek didn't say, here's your three, that's your lot. Mm. We actually went back and said, well, actually out of those three, we, we couldn't match them up. But having worked with Freedom Geek quite closely, they understood our needs a little bit better. So they came back with a second round. And from that second round, we got, mm. got our second VA. But no, I, I found the process... Actually, painless. really good. Yeah, painless. It's quite, yeah. quite painless. I, I like the fact that you just get batch sent the, um, the 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 information on each of the VAs, their CVs. Oh, their, we had a little video clip from a little video well. clip from each of them, so we could get a feel for them in person before interviewing. This is this is to sort of this is to sort of look at the shortlist, um, all in one place, all in the same format, um, and and that just made the whole process quite straightforward. Um, they then sat in on, on the interviews and kind of coordinated all of that because that might be quite a daunting process for anybody that's not interviewed before. Yeah. And obviously we're doing it over Zoom. Um, and, um, you know, they've sort of, I guess, held our hand at every step of the way. They're, they're regularly checking in yeah. with us, um, 
Claudia, who's been our relationship manager, has been great with checking in. So it's it's been pretty seamless, and it takes a lot of the the sort of the worry and the sort of how where on earth would I start to find mm. VAs in the Philippines takes that away. And um, I would say we we we've we've ended up with two fabulous um, virtual assistants that. Um, you know, seem to be taking to what we do like a duck to water. Yeah. We've had a lot to throw at them in the last few weeks. We have a, a lot of systems in our business. Was it 27 systems or something, something like ridiculous? that. Yeah, I mean, there's only, I guess there's four or five that they'd use on a daily basis, but there are a lot of systems involved in running 60 units remotely. So um, they've had a lot to get up to speed with. I think learnings for me, um, it was a lot of work for me, actually, again, in the lead you up. You did a to, phenomenal job, yeah. In, in the lead up to um, taking them on because, um, you know, every time we take on a new member of staff, we did it with Danielle. We improved it again when we took on Jenna. And we've had to, like, taking on a VA from another country, if anything, like, makes you look at your operations manual and everything through a whole new lens oh, in yeah. terms of like really making sure because we're not going to be spending physical time with them obviously our check-ins with them are are more limited so making sure that everything is as clear and as systemized as possible and i had to put some real extra work in updating the operations manual not so much in terms of the content but um how it all came together as a as a training manual yeah. so that we could literally say to them right crack on with this start with module one because it is set up as a classroom start as module one and work your way through the 40 or so modules watching the material reading the material as you go along and this is going to give you the the, the, the complete overview of the business in hindsight i may have i don't know but i may have staggered that i think that there's the the, the genuine risk of overwhelm yeah. um, by just you know giving them the whole business in one hit maybe we would have started with uh, a few tasks. The trouble is everything's interconnected. Yeah, I was going to say that. And you can't, because they may have come through one and think, well, what's that system? Whereas at least, you know, they can get a whole overview. And actually it's worked out really well to have the two of them. Because what we've discovered is that we've almost brokered that relationship between Mariana and Cinderella. And they sort of chat away from the business supporting each other. So I think that has really, really worked well there. Yeah. Um and it, it's the team's got a great feeling about it. I think they're going to be absolutely brilliant. It's early days. Um, they've only really just uh, we've only really just taken the training wheels off, haven't we? Um, but their guest communication is is great. And well, actually, they put us to shame. Their guest communication is so good. Their customer care's <laughs> very well written, but they're they're running any messages they're unsure of uh, past us. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a really exciting phase for our business to move into. What it what it does is it allows um, our UK based team to uh, not be on call twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, so some of the out of hours guest communications is covered, but also it's allowing us already to do some of the stuff that we've talked about doing for years, particularly with your new yeah. focus on direct bookings, getting the data in the right place, um, make sure that we are very active in all the various Facebook groups, etc. you know, stuff that we know we should be doing. Mm. But when you're constantly in a growth phase and you're onboarding and taking more units on, it's very difficult to allocate the time yeah. to that. And also, you know, you've got to have all your information up to date. And that's one thing it highlighted, wasn't it? That we had this database set up, which had all the information about all the units. And, you know, in the back of mind, you think, oh, yeah, I really should update that. Oh, yeah, I really should update that. 
and we really did have to update some of the some of the fields, didn't we? But it's it's no bad thing to keep that. It's constantly evolving, yeah. and ironically, um, two of the big systems that we've trained them to use, um, we might actually be changing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. We thought about delaying it because there's a lot of change within the team at the moment, but ultimately it's such a no-brainer it's going to save us a lot of money which as we've said is a big push but also it's going to be so much more user-friendly for our team um that, that we might be looking at onboarding a new system which we'll tell you about um yeah. in future episodes if we decide to go down that route but yeah uh, t- two new extra team members they're absolutely lovely um, absolutely and lovely. um that whole process worked really well so if anybody is thinking about um taking on a VA, um, an overseas VA, then feel free to reach out. Oh, I would highly recommend it. And this is coming from someone that was quite sceptical. Yeah, the, the, the process itself is not scary. And ultimately, I think we've got some stretch in their elastic personally yeah. in terms of the amount of workload that they've got. Um, you know, we had a message from from Mariana, didn't we, last night? She had a pretty quiet night on the guest comms and managed to fill her time with other stuff. But I think we've got stretch and elastic in the team now. Um, but I think for me, I would rather be in that situation where we have delegated and outsourced slightly sooner than we need to, yes. rather than reaching the point of utter overwhelm. Yeah. We're at breaking point in terms of things coming apart of the seams um, and then trying to go through all the work that was involved um, in terms of training and onboarding new staff members. So I feel like that's now been done and we can really focus on almost like filling their time with additional tasks that otherwise we just uh, never never been able to prioritize. I'm very excited about it. I think this is going to be really good. So I think we owe our listeners an update on the planning situation at Eaton House. Um, the update is there's no update. There we go. Job done. Um, God, when was I this think supposed? You elaborate to, a little bit more when, on that. When one. was this supposed to have been decided? Twenty seventh of November. Twenty seventh of November. We're still sat here with no um, outcome. Um, the case officer that was dealing with our case has left uh, the council. Um, so uh, that's not helped. Uh, at all because that's clearly slowed things down we now have a new case officer completely new to to the to the council in this role um and uh, so we're starting from scratch basically she's got uh well, it feels like it doesn't some it? of the same questions and concerns that i feel like we've already headed off at this point i have spent this weekend the whole weekend writing an entire management plan for for the hotel um which you know we already had all the content in place for it but it's it's never been pulled together together, into an actual written document which i've had to do to send across to the case officer to show them our plan for mitigating things like noise and disturbance um they want to come on a site visit which is absolutely fine i think you know i'm I'm actually quite keen for that to happen oh me too Um, it's it's just such a lovely lovely property that is looking beautiful i'm sure we'll be able to alleviate a lot of their fears what what we're essentially um working hard to try and make sure uh doesn't happen just because it's just a pain is it getting called into committee because then we'll have to uh go and do our little bit in front of the microphone um although we're quite used to that um <laughs> but um but no we could do without that so we're, we're really trying to impress upon um the case officer you know how how much we already do have in place, how much we've already gone above and beyond to put bespoke steps in place with respect to our neighbours and the sensitivity of the community. Um, It's just, it's still enormously frustrating. We had um, dinner with friends, didn't we, last week, um, 
chap who uh, uh, oh, yeah. runs solar farms or, or sets up solar farms. And it was interesting that we could share a lot of the same war stories in terms of <laughs> dealing with planning departments, because the fact that essentially planning uh, the planning process is built upon rumors, hearsay and lies. Oh, it's absolutely. just bizarre. People can put whatever they want in their objection comments and there's no right of reply. There's no fact checking. All of that will go into the melting pot for the for the for the case officer to decide whether or not it needs to be called upon to be voted on. Um, and it's just it blows my mind that, that that that's still the case. There's no fact checking as part of that process. So I'm hoping that's what the site visit will be an opportunity to fact yeah. check some of this stuff. So where someone has said that oh that you know they could, guests can freely wander through the fire exit. Well, they're pretty quickly be able to see well that's physically not possible um so i don't know um we have a new determination date don't we it's march isn't it i think oh I, um, yeah it's march at some point um i've kind of stopped paying attention yeah. but you know we do need to start getting this through now so that we can ultimately make a decision about the, the future for the place can't we but without any direction from a planning perspective everything's on hold you know we, we probably need to do even more work to the property, yeah. upgrade the boilers and that sort of thing. But it's it's impossible to justify that if, if we don't know where we're going with it. So, yeah, uh, the, the update is there's no update. <laughs> well, that's a wrap for episode one of season two. We are genuinely thrilled to be back. And thank you again for all the lovely messages of support for the podcast we've received while we've been away. In fact, we want to hear even more from you in season two. So if you want to have a chat with us on the podcast and tell us about your own holiday let experiences on At Your Service, then please do get in touch or even just send us a DM or voice note on Instagram at Secret Service Podcast. Say hi and to let us know what you think of the podcast. We love to hear from you and we will do our best to read as many messages out as we can. You read that like a public service announcement. Did I? <laughs> do you want me to do it again? Yeah. Um, uh, Carolina got in touch actually during the break to say that she is loving the podcast and catching up on all episodes. And it's really interesting to hear about your ventures without you selling anything. Um, and that's really what we're all about guys on the podcast both caroline and i are pretty active in the wider property world we run a property community and i offer coaching and mentoring but we deliberately don't talk about that much on the podcast because the whole point of this is to lift the lid on the inner workings of our business even when it looks like we haven't got a clue what we're doing <laughs> in the hope that others can relate and that it helps them to feel better when they face similar ch challenges within their own business uh, do you know what would really also help us to kickstart momentum for season two? If you could give us a mention and share on your socials to let others know you are listening. This will help others discover the podcast too. And if you're new to the podcast, you have got 29 episodes of season one to catch up on. Don't forget to like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix. Cliffhangers for this week. Well, it's not really a cliffhanger but we do have a bombshell to drop in episode two, don't we? Do we? We do. Oh, okay. Um, 
we thought about breaking the news in episode one, but for reasons that I hope will become clear next week, we just couldn't. So you need to tune in next week for news about some big changes. Is that cryptic enough? Oh, well, God, you've brimming my food for me. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. See you next week. Bye. Bye.